0: Missouri, this is the Hot Corner with your hosts, Patrick Harrion, Michael Imami, and Logan Franz. One hour of nonstop sports starts right now. And good morning, Columbia, and welcome to another edition of the Hot Corner. I'm your host, Patrick Harrion. Alongside me is Michael Imami and Logan Franz. 8 o'clock, May 3rd, summer, almost here. I actually way. came to the studio in shorts. I did as well. Never did that this
1: entire semester. We haven't talked about the weather in three weeks, and now we're talking about it.
0: Why do you care so much? You're you're
1: always that person who just wants to just shoot down everything I say. Uh, I disagree, um, pretty vehemently, um, because <laughs> I feel like today <laughs> I walked to the studio in shorts and I was not comfortable. Um, comfortable? It's so nice out What are you talking about? I'm gonna about? put on some jeans after this episode because uh, this guy right here is 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 a little cold.
2: This morning. Welcome to a segment we like to call Michael's clothes. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> you
0: you wear shorts shorts in thirty degrees weather, and you didn't say really. I complain. No, I complained. I complained not, not as much to the extent you're complaining today.
1: Well, no, I mean in the day
0: where it's actually <clears throat> nice out. It's about fifty-four degrees. 50's cold for me though.
1: I don't know. You're from Chicago, so you guys are like built mean, of steel. That doesn't mean
0: that does not mean I love cold weather. This is like not the first time had you adapt you this.
1: better to it. You're stronger in it. I mean, this guy over here. You know, I mean, I, I was complaining about the weather the other day because it was cold. The thing is, is I just can't wait for it to be like 75, 80 degrees because at this point, you know, if I'm celebrating 54 degrees weather, it might as well be October again.
2: See, I've always liked like 60, 70 degrees. I've never liked when it gets much higher than that because then it's just uncomfortable. No, I yeah. don't like hot. If, I it, like if
0: it's like 95 degrees, oh, that's not hot. Nice. But if it's like
2: yeah, at 85 and sunny. That's like the perfect mark.
1: 85 is the perfect weather. For Florida. Perfect morning? Did you say? I said perfect mark. Like the I perfect, was gonna say
0: the ideal conditions. The ideal morning for Patrick yeah. is like definitely I'm not, 60s. I'm gonna talk in the third person now. It's it's the ideal morning for Patrick Harriet.
1: Well, <laughs> that's, that's, I guess we all have our own versions of an I, ideal morning. I would morning. stop
2: referring to yourself in third person. I I, I never
1: I don't do that. <laughs> At least I don't I, I don't think I do that. You i never heard you do it. Good. Yeah. So well, Lee mommy over here likes. Uh, that's a problem. Stop. Se- 75, 80.
2: So guys, sports. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's what, what we kind of
1: talk about on here. Um, we, we should probably get to that.
0: Yeah, because, you know, I know I know. since we're, it's around the mornings and Fridays, we're a little bit late to some things that happened over the past weekend. Like, we know they had the NFL draft, and since we've had an extended period to think about it, we're going to come up with who was the biggest winners and who were the biggest losers of the draft. And there might be a little bit of repeating here, but I want to give... The mic
2: over to to Logan to start us off here Who's your first winner? Alright, my first winner In my opinion, the best winner of the draft Is Michael's very own Washington Redskins And the reason I say that is because they came in And everyone was like, are they going to draft a quarterback or not? Or is it going to be just nothing Like always And they drafted Dwayne Haskins in the first round They also drafted Terry McLaurin of Ohio State Who has chemistry already with Haskins Which was a good pick for them and then they got Bryce Love in the fourth, who is a solid add. I don't know how much work he's going to see in that backfield behind Darius Geis and Chris Thompson, but he can be a valuable back to kind of have in certain situations, because he was he tore his ACL last year, but before that he was looked as looked at as the top th- a top three back in that class, right behind Barkley and Geis. So a great player, Love, and he just fell to the fourth round because of. Uh, injury which can't be overlooked, but I still think he's a great player. It, it was it's one of those cases where it's Very low risk high reward. Yeah, especially in in around like the fourth like that's where for example The Bears got Eddie Jackson because of a foot injury. Okay um, I'm gonna go
1: really in-depth here because this is my team um, I just want to go ahead and say uh, JP I was listening to JP Finley and the guys the other day and and frankly, I, I agree with this I I had him high um, I, I, think they're, they deserve a good grade. Um, they were, I think they were winners, uh, the other, or the, during the draft, because I think they did make some really smart moves in round one. Um, I like Bryce Love a lot, but quite frankly, uh, JP and the guys were saying this on their show and I, and I agreed with them. Um, they are lacking depth in the safety area. They have Troy Apke and, you know, I, I am a bit critical because as I told you yesterday, Logan, this league is shifting more towards tight ends and receivers, mostly tight ends. And when you see Dallas or excuse me, when you see, um, you know, New England and Kansas City, they're so reliant on their tight ends. And I think Washington would have benefited better as well if they had gotten a tight end or receiver out of that class. I like Bryce Love a lot, no question about it. Um, but I feel like that with Troy Apey, excuse me, Troy Ak- Akpe, uh Apey, excuse me, can't speak today. And the guys that they have with kind of the lack of depth that they have at safety, um, they do have Collins, but they need a, a good passing safety as well. Um, it, it might come back to bite them. And I do worry about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think also your wide receivers aren't necessarily good enough to be able to rely on them as opposed to a tight end. I also don't know what this team thinks Jordan Reed brings to the table at this point. I
1: like Jordan Reed. He gets hurt too much. And Joe Theismann basically, you know, nailed it when he said when you look up Jordan Reed online, the first thing that comes up is a question mark because I think he is a very, very talented tight end. But the thing is, is he's hurt all the time. He got surgery on both uh, legs last year. And then, you know, he ends up getting hurt in, like, week 12, week 13 with, you know, like a broken toe. So, you know, he's a great, talented tight end. I mean, I've watched him since 2012, 2013, um, his rookie year. It's hard because, you know, you have to really kind of deal with in this league, it's, it's you know, as you said many, many times, this league is unpredictable. And, you know, Jordan Reed really got his start, as we saw in Niles Paul. Um, I'll never forget this, in, you know, in 2014 where he, you know, took a, a blow to the head um by two giants players and you know reed kind of had to step up and you know a lot of the other tight ends had to step up and he started to see these guys who made names for the cells in washington reed being one of them and he had a couple of great years there no question about it um but in my opinion if i'm the redskins at this point very very talented tight end but they got to pay him a lot of money coming up in free agency and in my opinion, I think it's best if they just let him walk because they have to address some of these concerns. And I really would have drafted a tight end or a receiver if I were Washington. As much as I, lo- I like Bryce Love, uh, I think a tight end or a receiver would be better for them. In you, know, my you
0: know what's, what's funny in, in, your, in your long talk there is I believe you looked at more at not drafting a tight end. But I look at it more
1: like this. You got Dwayne Haskins. That's a victory in itself. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about that's round one. I'm, I'm not saying round one wasn't a solid A plus. I'm talking about round two, three, four. What, what, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that if you're Washington, excuse me, if you're Washington, you have to be able to take, you know, the best that you can. And for me, I am thrilled that they had the round one that they did. I really am.
2: I also just want to note that in the draft, typically outside of like round one or two, you're not going to really take guys that you need. It's going to be BPA best player available, and I think that's what they got in love, embrace love. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy I, about it. I think it. it was a steal,
0: especially the guy coming off of injury. I know injuries and torn ACLs are one of those things where players, there's always that chance and they'll never come back to the caliber that they were before. But in the case that he does, and all having Adrian Peterson, he's not, he's not getting any younger.
1: No, I know. I you need, need a running back in the future. No, I'm not saying that there, you know, there didn't need to be depth. I'm just saying that maybe we Washington could have waited next year before they made some of those decisions. I understand that you know Peterson's you know getting up there, but you know if you're Washington right now, you really, really, really lack depth in the receiving court and in the tight end position, um, and I think that those needed to be addressed, you know, now as opposed to you know later on. And you know, in terms of safety, you could have used a safety. I mean, the thing is, is that Washington has a tendency to build upon the positions that um, that they already have a lot, and we've noticed this, uh, particularly with the defense last year. They needed a receiver. They got, they needed a receiver to get, and I was hoping they would, you know, poach that free agent market and get somebody. They didn't do that. They got they signed uh, Ha Ha Clinton Dix so uh, out of a trade. So you have to be able, if you're Washington, you have to be able to recognize the positions and what what you're lacking, and you need to build upon those and not build upon something that's already working for them. And that was the defense last year, and they built upon it more. And in all honesty, it came back to bite him, I think.
0: I want to go to another winner. and In my opinion, one of the the biggest winners of the draft was not a team but a player, and that being Josh Rosen.
1: Oh, yeah, no question.
0: He He got out of Arizona, which... It's definitely something. If I was him, I'd want to get out of there as fast as possible. Cause
2: that that organization, even with Kyler Murray, I think it's going nowhere. I think so as well. I think they have a tough front office that's not a doesn't exactly know what they want. I don't know. I said last week. I don't know why they hired Kingsbury if he wasn't all set on Josh Rosen. It just didn't make any sense to me.
0: And also, I'm confused why they signed him in
2: general. He wasn't exactly the winningest coach at at uh when he was at Texas Tech. They really like his style of offense, and I think it it confused me because there was all this talk. He said, I'd draft Kyler Murray number one if I had the number one overall pick in the draft, and he was true to that. But I just don't know why you wouldn't bring in a coach that is set on the guy that you guys drafted to be your quarterback of the future. Also, can I just make a point here how I don't understand zero teams willing to be committed to Josh Rosen in the long term. Even the Dolphins, who now have him on the team, said that they wouldn't rule out drafting a quarterback in the first round, and I feel like quarterback is one of those positions where you need to give a guy time. You can't the very next year draft a new quarterback. Then you're just going to put yourself in an endless cycle of quarterbacks that are trying to develop and trying to learn, and you're going to walk them out the door every year.
0: I mean, I, I would look at that more as in the fact of maybe they won't draft one next year. And they might give Rosen this season to prove himself, because now this is a second year. He's got he's to be able to build upon or come back better than he was last year and show that you know what I need to stay here
2: and if he doesn't do that then I won't rule out a team draft another quarterback that's the thing though at that point you're putting him in a new offense Brian Flores the linebackers coach of the Patriots is their new coach and I just don't you're putting him in a new system that he needs to, he needs to kind of relearn cuz it's not Steve Wilks system anymore it's Brian Flores so i i don't know it's just this court rook, this First-year quarterback, constantly changing systems, is just something that can never be predicted. And I hope he, we ho, we can hope we see growth this coming year, but I don't know if that's necessarily possible, just in the, given the situation he's in. I think Rosen is a good fit for Miami, honestly. Um, but if I were Arizona,
1: and you pointed this out on draft day, you said I wouldn't have done this. This seems a little crazy, and I agree with you. I mean. You know, you tell a guy that he's the guy, and then you go ahead and you trade him at the end of the at, at the draft, and then you go ahead and you you draft a quarterback. It's it's no like, question. It's, it's gonna it's gonna stab in the back right there. Well, no, I mean, I like Kyler Murray, I really do, but I don't think you'd do that to Rosen. I mean, I guess if you would have kept the guy, um, you know, I mean, what is he gonna do? Sit on the bench though? I mean, I think he deserves a start. Um, but how could you not start Kyler Murray with what Arizona has? I mean, really,
2: this whole thing was Why? just completely how? mismanaged. The Cardinals said they weren't going to give up a first, and then throughout the entire— or they weren't going to um, budge on anything less than a third, or a first, rather. Then come the, up day of the draft, come the day of the draft, they realize that they're not getting a first, and they draft Kyler Murray number one overall, and then they get a second, and then I believe it's next year's fifth from the Dolphins. Yeah. So I don't know. They, I think this whole thing was just terribly mismanaged. They didn't get a— they, they didn't budge on not getting a first until they knew they weren't going to get a first, and it just yeah. seems ter- terribly done.
0: It, it's reflecting of the entire organization. They're just yeah. they just
1: don't know how to function as a football franchise.
2: Mm-hmm. That's why they're the losingest in history.
1: I mean, I think it's unfortunate because Arizona at one point was having these twelve and four, thirteen and three seasons, and they were playing um, in these NFC Championship games. How long was and- that? I mean, the fall from grace is, you know, huge for them.
2: I mean, They were talked about as potential Super Bowl contenders in like 2013-14. Bruce Arians. They fell off the map after Carson Palmer got injured.
1: Bruce Arians was, and, you know, Carson Palmer was no, you know, superstar. But I think that Arizona had a lot going for them, and they just got hammered with injuries. I thought Arians was a very good coach. And, um, you know, they just had a bad run of luck, and I think this bad run of luck is also affecting the way they're managing things. Um and the and, and the top end of things, and it can be hard because when you tell a guy that he 's the guy, he should be the guy, and that was a statement coming out of the coaching staff and to i 'm happy that Kyler got drafted, but to me for Ro- if i 'm rosen right now i can 't be happy
2: I think I am happy if i'm Rosen on the other you got out of a team that didn 't even want you also well, Larry Fitzgerald is going start- to start Larry Fitzgerald is going to join. The likes of Dan Marino and Calvin Johnson in best players to never win a Super Bowl ring in their career. And also, you get to be in Miami. I don't know
0: about being in Miami. I think I'd much rather be in Miami than be in Arizona.
2: In terms of what geography or what? In terms of like the city itself. I mean, that's personal preference because I'd I rather mean, be out west. Hmm. Phoenix isn't bad. Phoenix isn't bad. I've been there. It's it's a different but type Miami. of heat. In the east Miami's the Miami's
1: cool. I I can't really because I think Phoenix is. Oh yeah, Miami got the beach, but I think Phoenix is Phoenix is nice.
2: I like the desert too. Mm nice.
0: minus the 120 degrees again this summer.
2: Well <laughs> I'm I'm specifically talking about the weather. I don't hate I I that hate heat would not be fun. But I prefer like how do I say it? I don't I prefer the dry heat in like the desert rather than like what Florida is and just humidity. Have you all ever the time. experienced the dry heat? No, but I prefer it over humidity.
0: Hmm. So, off of that, <laughs> we always come back to talking about weather, no matter what we do. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, we'll talk about baseball. And we'll say, you know, the weather plays a difference in games, and blah blah blah. But we should probably do losers. That's what I was about to say. So, I'm gonna give the mic over to you, Michael. Who do you think biggest loser to draft?
1: Well, I don't know if they're the biggest loser, but I certainly say Carolina uh, needs to be in this in this uh, in this discussion because you know, if I'm Carolina, you, you know, you did take Bill Greer, but. And I agree with this article here. They say that, you know, as of now, Carolina will go into next season with DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Torrey Smith. That's their top three wideouts. They could have drafted somebody. They really could have. And they could have drafted somebody to um, replace Greg Olson for the future. So if I'm Carolina, I feel like I've mismanaged my situation a lot because they didn't get anybody until, what, like round seven for, in terms of receiving? So that can be a problem, and I think that's going to come back to bite me if I'm Carolina right now.
2: Yeah, you said they drafted Will Greer, and that's great. But like, I think that was more of an insurance policy if Cam Newton isn't a hundred percent. But also, I thought a perfect fit for Carolina would have been DK Metcalf, and yeah, they didn't take him. So now you're looking at Christian McCaffrey potentially being your top option in the receiving game. And I don't know. I expect DJ Moore to take a jump forward, but I don't. Curtis Samuel's kind of showed us his limits. He can stretch the field horizontally, but not so much vertically.
0: Now I I do like. The Will Greer pick. That's one of the quarterbacks I, I watched in, uh, during the uh, college football season that I actually liked. And I think if he didn't go to Carolina, he was going to go to New England. I mean,
1: in ter- I mean Will Greer. But, like, I, I understand the question. I like the quarterback. The whole- I don't like the pick. The reason why I don't like the pick is because you, you didn't need a quarterback as much as you needed a quality receiver or a quality tight end. Um, I think Will Greer is a great player. Definitely not a first rounder. I'd say he's a second or third rounder, and he did go in the third round. And he's the kind of guy that's going to need some time to develop in the league, and I think he'll get that. Um, I think Greer would be better off in New England, to be honest with you, because I think that Greer has the perfect, you know, New England kind of needs a quarterback. You know, they kind of, you know, Bray's got maybe two. Maybe one year, maybe two years, maybe three. We don't. We never know with Brady. He could be 57 and starting a Super Bowl at this point. But I, I, I have an inkling. In the yeah. Super
0: Bowl, we have the Patriots with their 10th
1: straight. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady coming out. He's got 10 MVPs now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm Brady right now, I don't know when I'm going to retire. I don't know how that's going to work out. Maybe one year, maybe two, maybe three years. I have no idea. But Greer to me fits over there better in that situation. Because I think that if they draft him, they can, you know, and I I love Belichick, he can turn a quarterback into a superstar. We saw that with Brady. So if I'm Carolina, I needed to draft, you know, a couple of receivers in the first round, second round. I needed to draft a tight end to replace Olsen. But instead I draft a quarterback. Newton is still young. He's got time. So those positions need to be addressed first. And going into next season with what they got I don't think that I'm very comfortable right now if I'm a Panthers fan, especially because if I see a team go over DK Metcalf like that, um, you know,
2: I'm, I'm not happy. Well, I think with Will Greer, the pick wasn't necessarily, hey, Cam Newton's almost done and we need to address this. It was more a thing of, hey, we don't know if Cam Newton's shoulder is going to be all right, and we need to address this. I don't like that at all, then. I mean, the
1: thing is... It's, it's, it's a smart move. They're making, but they're, they're making it sound like Greer is like, you know, Chase Daniel, for God's sake. It's like he's just going to ride the bench the entire time. I, I don't... You know, I don't, I don't like that at all. I think Greer, you know, two, three years from now can be a quality starter if they develop him correctly. And I think they'll do that in New England if he would have been picked He he, he can trade under Cam Newton. Here, here's
2: what trade, I think. Trade, I, I just... He can... And that's... That's a pretty good quarterback to train on. Here's here's what I think: the most valuable position in the NFL is a quarterback. Yeah, no one's the second not most that. valuable position is a backup quarterback. If you don't have, if your quarterback goes down, for most teams that's murder, and they know that Cam Newton's shoulder is a little rough, they want to get Will Greer in order to have an insurance policy in the case that Cam Newton can't go week one or however long he can't go. I understand, and I get that. I'm just saying that I think Greer deserves a position where I know he's going to start in
1: a couple of years because I feel like he can train on Cam Newton, but I feel like he could Cam Newton can be in this league for you know eight, ten more years, and to me that could be you know somebody's career at that point. So I'd, I'd prefer a position where Greer would start in two to three years. I understand you worry about Newton going down, but I preserve I prefer prefer a team where is going to go to, where I know he's going to start in two to three years.
2: Cam Newton's also 29 years old, so he is approaching his 30s. He's not as young as we're making him sound like. Brady
1: is what, like 41? Well, Brady, yeah. Brady not all quarterbacks a, last that yes, long. Not, he's the Not the all quarterbacks are the
2: same. Most last until about 35, so I guess you still have like six good years out of Cam Newton, but I see why you're picking one. I'd Greer say seven point. or eight. I don't think he's going to be a starter at all. Just back up. All right, I'm with not that, happy about that. We're going to head off to break.
0: We're going to talk about the NHL playoffs and the Stanley Cup. Up next, you're listening to Hot Corner on 88.1 FM. Hi, we are peers from the Sexual Health Advocacy Peer Educator Program, SHAPE, at Mizzou. We are stronger than ever this year. To refresh
2: your memory, we provide a variety of services centered around sexual health education to faculty, students, and staff on Mizzou's campus as well as the Columbia area. We
0: provide free barrier contraception methods across campus in residence halls, the Women's
2: Center, and the Student Health Center. We provide sexual health educational programs to organizations on campus. We put on events throughout the year, such as Spectacular and Get Yourself Tested.
0: Whether it be T-shirts for your charity event or jerseys for your intramural team, let One to One Print Shop handle your custom apparel needs. Need some inspiration in crafting a logo or design? Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at One to One Print Shop and check out some of their latest work. Or check out their website at One to One Print That's O-N-E-T-O-O-N-E Printshop.com. One to One Print Shop is the place to get custom apparel in Colombia. This has been one of the craziest years in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I've seen, well, in the the years I've paid attention to it, I should say. Which is about, I'd say about five-ish I've been checking in and out.
2: Probably probably a little longer than that when the Blackhawks were dominating for five straight years. Yeah. It's definitely an exciting year in the playoffs because you have all these one seeds that are just missing the mark and then now you've got it, there's a lot more excitement with all those one seeds out cuz you really don't know who's going to who's going to take it home I don't know man I'm not very happy that my one seeds out but you know
0: It really do be like that Michael Yeah do. at least you had a Stanley Cup
1: championship Yeah last at least year. we did
0: You won the cup last year
1: The Stanley yeah we did win the Stanley last year <sighs> I'll never be able to <laughs> He will never fix that That will be a Michael thing and whether or not it helps or hurts the future I don't know, but I will forever call it the Stanley.
0: That's just not right. It, I just, It's not
1: right. I call it that. That's just what I call it.
0: That's just, not, no. <laughs> Let's move on to Multiple the Multiple NHL
1: awards series. are named by their first name, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, but it's, the it's called the, cup cup the Stanley Cup. Not the
2: Stanley.
0: I, don't know. I bet 99% of the people will agree with me.
2: Well, I mean. Are we going to have this argument every week until, I until the Stanley actually approaches? I'll
0: only be here for two more. After this show, I'll have one more show. So well, I don't I don't know if you're gonna be mentioning the week when when I'm gone with my new co-host.
1: I'll probably call it the Stanley, and they'll be like, "What the heck?" And that'll be 35 minute argument right there.
2: 25 yeah, because, minutes. Because that's just not right. Let's, I don't know. Let's talk about the games. I want to look.
0: Now we watched uh, the the Bruins and Blue Jackets play last oh, night. Oh
1: my goodness, yes. And
0: in the in the past games, I've seen the the Blue Jackets play, especially when they uh when they slept the Lightning.
1: Is they did not look. All that great last night. I feel like this is something that's kind of custom to teams that are, you know, you beat the first seed, and that was kind of like I wouldn't say luck. I mean, I know they beat Tampa Bay on, you know, close. They swept
2: them. Yeah,
1: I mean, so Tampa Bay, you know, looked completely flustered. They looked completely disorganized that entire series. But if I'm Columbus right now, and and I was reading about this the other day, they said that this this wasn't very surprising for some reason. And I'm going to have to agree with that statement. I'm not sure why. I mean, I haven't been following hockey as religiously as these guys have been, but they said that with teams like this in the past with underdogs that, you know, you kind of see who are going out and beating the one seed. They go and have that second round, and they're kind of, you know, they look a little bit, it's like, oh, my God, we're really here. We really did this. You know, it's like, okay, and they they have a hard time adjusting. They get very nervous. Yeah, they get nervous because they're not used to it, and I like Tortorella a lot. I think he's a great coach. But the thing is is that if I'm Columbus right now, um, and especially the way it played last night against Boston, losing 4-1. to one. And watching that game, they did not look very good. So they need some time to regroup, get themselves together, because I think they can pull off a great run here. But to me, this just looks like second-round jitters um, after beating the Tampa Bay, which is what they couldn't believe.
2: There's a reason they're a four-seed, and that's because any given night, they can kind of fluctuate. And all year you saw that there were patches where they weren't so good and patches where they were, where they were very good. And I think at the trade deadline, they added Ryan Zingle... Matt Duchesne. They added those two pieces to kind of help propel them forward. But it's just a matter of, you know, in the NHL playoffs, you need to look hot almost the entire time. Otherwise, you're going to give up games to the other team, and that's what they're doing at this point. I mean, I think that's fairly obvious, but what I'm saying is is that I'm just not surprised that
1: I'm seeing this with Columbus right well,
0: now. Well, actually, no one— I I, I, I really am not. It's more like I still can't get around the fact that they're there. It just doesn't feel right because this is the the best season they've had in their franchise.
1: In fairness to them, they did have a 2-1 lead before they lost last night in the series.
0: Well, I mean, 2-1 lead's different
1: than like a 3-1 lead. Right. I'm just saying that, you know, it wasn't like Boston was dominating them either. I'm just saying that last night's game, whether that be an isolated incident or a good indication of how the rest of the series is going to play out, I wouldn't be surprised to see Columbus get eliminated here. I really wouldn't. Boston's playing very, very well. At a very, very high level, something that we saw was reminiscent of that 20, 2011 team. So, if I'm sitting here right now and I'm a Columbus fan, I'm a bit uneasy, but I know that I still beat Tampa Bay in the last round, and I have a lot of stuff going for me in this round. So, I'm hopeful, but I'm also a little bit nervous. It's like if I'm a Columbus fan.
0: My heart wants Columbus to win, but my brain knows that the Bruins are going to pull it out. The Bruins are the better team. I mean, yeah, but that's not, how, that's not always how it win. works.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, look at Tampa Bay. This is hockey. Then again, i I think everybody's wrong Everyone, all the time, in including
0: hockey. Logan and I. Both had Tampa Bay in our championship. That was wrong.
1: I had Calgary, so I was I had Calgary very as well. I, oh wow! We all, we all just. I can't remember who the other team was that right. I picked. I don't know if I picked Tampa Bay. I can't remember who the other team was. I have a
2: question to pose to the group. Are the Carolina Hurricanes Stanley Cup favorites? Yes. I will say yes a hundred times. They took Washington to seven, who we know is a very good team, the Capitals, and now they're sweeping the Islanders. They have a 3-0 lead in the series. So I don't know. They've just been playing to the best of their ability and everything is working for them. I think they very well could be the Stanley Cup favorites at this point.
0: Well, you have Warren Fogo with five playoff goals and you have Jacob Slavin, the defenseman, with 11 points. That's a lot more than I've seen a lot of players and who's still around at this point, half. That alone is just amazing. And... Just the utter almost domination that the Canes have had since winning that Game
2: Seven. I I was watching the Capitals a bit last series and this one. They are they are doing a lot with the opportunity they're given. They kind of snuck in on the very last day in the Eastern Conference. People were like, Oh, the Capitals can just kinda take care of business and then they beat the Capitals and we're all on the edge of our seats after the Blue Jackets had already beaten the Lightning. And no one seeded one. We're like, oh, maybe it's just, you know, kind of whatever. Now they're sweeping the Islanders. I think that raises an eyebrow to anyone who wasn't already sold in the Hurricanes.
0: And you see sometimes in, in sports, you see these teams that aren't expected to win. And they go to game seven and they win. It's almost, it's like the wild card teams in baseball. You'll see them, they'll win that wild card
2: game and then they can end up in the World Series. It's so much fun to watch too, because this, this team is fun. You know, they call themselves a bunch of jerks. That's kind of their thing. And it's just great to watch these guys have fun because that's that's what they love to do. You know, they love playing the game of hockey. It's just it's great to watch them have fun. Could
0: you imagine? Now, they, they call their post-game celebration, I believe, the storm surge. After winning the Stanley Cup,
2: they What do is that, that going to be like? Are they, they just—most people—here's the thing. Most people, when they win the Stanley Cup, if you saw the Blackhawks championships, they were always just— out Everyone in the some... locker room, spraying champagne right. and singing "We Are the Champions." I wonder if the Hurricanes do that on the ice. I would. I think. I don't know if the NHL will allow that. Well, but I to stop them. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see. I would love to see that celebration happen on the ice. Well, they can put the Stanley Cup in the middle of it. <laughs> just fill it up with champagne and start drinking <laughs> out of it. <laughs> that's a, that's what I'd do if I was a player. I mean, who else can say that? Yeah, I drink champagne out of the Stanley Cup. <laughs> That's a great sentence to say. Yeah, I don't
1: have much to say. I mean, it, I, 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 on I, Carolina, I might mean, be I, a little salty still. Hey, I know. Hey, take it easy over there. Um, what I'm, <laughs> what I'm that saying. Right. I, well, no, I mean, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you. I mean, I, I think that. Carolina, no question, deserves to be there. No question. And the way Washington played in that game seven, Carolina deserves to be there, no question, because Holtby did have several soft goals. And the way they're playing against the Islanders right now, that is based on solely merit. I mean, to see them take Philip Lerner like this um, and be winning in the series 3 0, that to me is incredible. Um, is it Leonard, right? Leonard? Robin Leonard. That's why I was confused because you said Philip. Oh, yeah.
2: Sorry. It's <laughs> not even close. Yeah, I'm all over the there.
1: place. a little today. off. I'm all over the place today. I
0: mean first you call it the stand, the Stanley and now you're messing with the I'm telling here.
1: you, the Capitals losing I, has I, I, this I under, effect on I me. I don't know why.
0: I understand it's morning, it's Friday and you know it No, it's I've not I have week. not
1: been like this since the Capitals have lost, literally. If you look at my if you look at my tape from between now and, and last week. when last week when the Capitals lost, you will notice that I cannot speak for some reason. And even to you guys Outside of this, like talking and conversation, I cannot speak. I don't know you, what it is. I'm so devastated that
2: the Capitals lost. It's, but me, yeah. it's, it's
0: me mid-July. I I, I don't I, I don't understand why the the, the Capitals <laughs> <laughs> uh, then
2: the hockey season comes back in October and he's like excuse me, Hey yes. guys, my name is Michael Vami. Welcome back to the Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Robin Leonard.
1: Um the way they're playing him right now, who in my opinion is one is one of the top goalies, if not the top goalie in this playoff round for uh, the Stanley this year. Um, I think that the way Carolina is playing him, I think they deserve to be, you know, in the conversation for being favorites in the Stanley Cup. I think miles. if
2: I'm taking any goalie in this Stanley in this in these playoffs right now, I would take Jordan Bennington or Ben Bishop. No, no I mean, I yeah, Bennington's
1: great too. Bennington, Bennington is is one of the best. Um, but to me, it's just surprising because Leonard had so much going for him into this, and to see Carolina just come in and. Be I mean, winning the series 3-0 is just very, very surprising.
2: Especially with the team that swept the Penguins. I think we're yeah. forgetting about that one because that series kind of flew under the radar. The Islanders swept the Penguins, and now they're on the receiving end of the potential clean sweep. So I don't know what's going on, but I love it, <laughs> quite frankly. Hockey's a weird sport, guys. I'm just telling you. And it's they a love weird it. weird sport. You know, we're, g-
0: we're going to head out west for the, the rest of the, they're in the, the the semifinals of both of their divisions in the west. You have the Central and the Pacific. Yes, and with the central we have Dallas and St. Louis. And before I even start with this one, this one's going seven, right, away right away.
1: It's audience. I could see seven. it going seven. It's going. Th- I could see it going seven. It, it's it's written
0: in stone right now. It's going seven. I you just,
1: can quote
2: me on it. Uh, okay, we'll come back to that next week. That's to be old, ta- old takes exposed. I just got. Um, I just mentioned these two goalies as the best in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and yeah, they're it's a close match series, and it's gonna be some fun games to watch. And I, I wouldn't doubt this one goes. Love
1: watching Bennington. I mean, he is so much fun to watch. He's had so many saves in this series and last series where it was like, oh, my goodness, how did he do that? He makes some fabulous On a breakaway. Saves. On a breakaway where there's, you know, there's guys out there, and he literally is no defenseman. It was like a complete counterattack. And he just comes up, and Bennington is able to somehow make the save, which is incredible. He's got one heck of a glove, but uh, as they say in baseball and in hockey. Um, but the thing is, if I'm St. Louis right now, I don't even know what to think. I mean, this is just. I mean, you this ha- you team have, was in last you have, place. Uh, you, have, you have the ghost
0: still haunting you from not winning a single cup. Well, I mean, no, I mean, the, I was. If you your, think about it, if you're in St. 70s. Louis right now,
1: and, I, and I, I understand you have the ghost with you, but you were in last place. Think about this: if you were in last place, like when, like December, January, January, right? Pretty recently, fairly recently. Then they went on that tear, and then you go on that massive win streak. You have arguably the top goalie in this playoffs and then, you know, you're two, two with Dallas right now. You're really hanging with them. You're playing very, very well. Petrangelo has been playing well. Perron's been playing well. Uh, Jaden Schwartz has been playing well. They've been playing out of their minds. Tarasenko, they've been playing out of their minds. So I don't know what to think right now. If I'm St. Louis, do am I just like you know? Am I? Do I have like the the fever? Am I? Am I like you know at a high point right now? Where I'm like, oh my goodness, this is incredible kind of thing. But you know, they're really locking it down. They're playing like they've been there a million times. You know, kudos to them. Um, Blues are a fun team to watch right now. Even, no even
0: as a Blackhawks fan myself, I enjoy watching them. I
1: mean, but I know it's
0: like a cardinal sin. Here's what
2: I'm going to say: You're joining the stars. Let's say they don't win that. this year. I don't think their window's closed. No. They have Craig Berube, a great coach, and they have Jordan Bennington, obviously a great goalie who's still very young. I don't think if they lose this year, I wouldn't count them out to just come back next year. It is the Blues. Well, yeah, but they are very young and they are talented and they have a great coach to help them. So I I don't think they're, I don't think their window's closed in the slightest. Yeah, I understand. I'm not saying that. I mean, I can see the Blues winning this, you know, next year I can see the Blues
1: winning it. This year, you know, as crazy as that sounds. Um... I mean, I, it's, it's but not, the thing, it's thing not, is, is that with what's what's
0: happened so far in the playoffs, it's not the out of the realm of possibility.
1: Okay, here's the thing: hockey's unpredictable. Yeah. It could be that in a way that favors you, or it could be that in a way it's against you. We saw the Capitals, who had a ton of talent. I'm bringing them up again. We saw the Capitals, who had a ton of talent, lose to the Canes in seven. We saw the Tampa Bay Lightning, the best team coming out of this regular season, lose in a sweep in the first round. So. You know, you really can't predict these things. I know I can't. I think the Blues have enough talent to get there. The question is, is can they lock it down, stay in it, and meet everybody's expectations? And that's hard to do in hockey because I think everybody's expectations get blown at some point or another every year. And I feel like that's not the thing that we see in football. It's not a thing that we see in baseball as often. In hockey, we see it all the time. And as frustrating as it is for some people, it's part of the beauty of this game. I really do think that. And I think it can hurt the Blues or it can help the Blues. I don't know. But it seems as if something that could could help or hurt them just as easy.
2: There's one more series, and that is the Sharks and the Avalanche. Patrick, I want to know your thoughts.
0: Uh, I've I've looked at some of these games. I've watched a few of them. It's just – it's one of those series that's just so – it feels slow. Like, it's not as engaging as seeing the Canes play or – Seeing Boston and Columbus duel it out, it's one of those series where it's just kind of off in the corner, and you kind of check on it once a little bit, and kind of like, yeah, I really don't care.
2: Whoever comes out of this is going to potentially yeah. lose after the high pace of. Oh, I don't know about that San Jose, Vegas. I don't
1: know if I agree with. It that. It felt like
2: this one just kind of took a tumble into like something that's is it is it is very slow. But I do think the Sharks come out of it, and I can see the Sharks being the team to rep- represent the West in the Stanley Cup.
1: I don't know. I mean, we were talking We were really, really high on the Sharks. I mean, last well, week we just saw them
0: come back from a three-one lead. Now in th- this one, it's just kind of just they're two-two. It's two-two, yeah. I but
1: mean, I'm not. I'm not discounting. Wasn't, it wasn't
0: exactly a great night by the Sharks last. Night. No, no it they wasn't. Got,
1: they got shut out 3-0. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is, is that if I picked the Sharks last week to be in the Stanley Cup Finals as the hottest team, I'm still having them as the hottest team. Every team. I mean, I, know, I wouldn't <clears> consider them the hottest team. Not, Not any anymore. Team. The
0: hottest team right now are Hurricanes.
1: Yes, for 100 no percent. No you, you see, you saw that shift last night, then, because I'm
2: still, I still think that they're the best team here.
0: Three zero on a team that swept, coming off of game seven. Sharks didn't
2: do that. There's,
0: there is no <clears throat> argument here.
2: Hurricanes okay. are the hottest team in the league right now. I still think that the Sharks can come and win the cup, but my vision has shifted 100 percent to the Hurricanes. It's hockey. I know. You never know. But Islanders but the Islanders can come 3-0. back in four games. And, and it's possible, but the Canes are up 3 0. They can. And Sharks aren't. You mentioned the hottest team. That's who it is right now. It's the Hurricanes, not the Sharks. I
1: disagree. I, I, just, I just do. I mean, I don't think series How numbers. Can you? I don't think Give series numbers. A valid reason. I don't think series numbers can you know, accurately determine that. I think in terms of talent, in terms of firepower, I think it's definitely the Sharks. In terms of the underdog, I think it could be the Canes. If the but,
2: firepower is not genera- <clears throat> generating points and winning games, then what good is the firepower? All right, well, I think
1: uh, – no, I mean, I'm just saying the Sharks, I think, have the most talent. I think they're the most yeah, they well-rounded team.
0: And so did Tampa Bay. What could well, happen to them?
1: Well, Tampa Bay had that hanging over their head going into the, in, in the playoffs because there is a thing called the President's Trophy Curse. And, and there, were, and a said, there were a few of us that said – There were a few of us that were skeptical, being me, who did not pick them to be in the Stanley Cup final. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Um, you want to pull the tape on that? We probably can. If I did, I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't think I did. But something in my heart, I knew that it wasn't going to work out. But with the Sharks, I I, I don't have that feeling. Um, I trust my heart more than my brain because I know that my heart is right most of the time in the Stanley, uh, this, excuse me, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Because I know how unpredictable these things are, and I know that my brain, in terms of analytics and reasoning, has never gotten it right. So within hockey. So, yes. I think it's the Sharks right now and I think I have a I have the gut feeling that I think the Sharks are going to be representing the West in this Denver tournament. All right. Finals.
2: So, just last last point here around the horn, new Stanley Cup predictions, have they changed or are you I keeping mean, the same one? <laughs> Mine I mean ours have to change, Logan, Well, <laughs> no, I mean I mean from last week cuz we knew that the Lightning were out last week, so we made new predictions, but have they changed? I'm having the Canes and I'm going to go with a
0: little bit of a wild card here. The Canes and the Blues.
1: I could see that. That's my prediction. Michael? I'm probably going to go with uh, Sharks and Boston.
2: See, that's what, Azee, I, Boston. that's what I had. The NHL allowed fans a second chance to fill out a bracket. That's what I had. But now I'm going Sharks-Hurricanes. Some differences around here. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Well, well, we'll I don't know about sure, the Blues just yet. We'll, we'll be I don't sure know about to uh, discuss yet.
0: this next week as well.
1: For sure, I don't know about the Blues just yet. I, I think you got to give them time. I don't know about the Blues just yet. I really would not feel comfortable picking them this year. I really wouldn't, but I don't know. It's hockey.
0: All right, and with that, we're going to have to break. We come back. Time for This Week in Baseball. I listen to Hot Corner on KCOU 88.1 FM.
1: A ranger station.
2: I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me.
1: So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good.
2: Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now.
1: There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com.
2: Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester.
1: Every Thursday morning at 8 a.m., KCOU 88.1 FM is the place to be. Make the most of your morning commute by tuning into The Cast, the Colton Anderson Sports Talk with me, Colton Anderson. Together with my partner in crime, David Coons, we break down the weekend sports with original angles and opinions you won't find anywhere else. There's no other place to be on Thursday mornings than The Cast, the Colton Anderson Sports Talk with David Coons on KCOU.FM, KCOU on the TuneIn app, And of course, 88.1 FM, KCOU Columbia.
0: It's been an interesting week. And the thought that's still hanging over my head since the season started is Craig Kimbrell Dallas Keuchel still won't sign. And I'm convinced they will never sign forever. Never. They're just going to sit in free agency for the rest of their
2: lives. I think that's very valid (laughs) and not at all overreactive. No, it's not, not a, not a slight bit of overreaction in this. Definitely not
0: because there's just been nothing. Kimbrough won't take us a one year contract. Maybe because Boris is kinda of like, oh, I kinda of want you, we want to get that five year hundred million contract that you're offering the Red Sox last offseason. That's just not gonna get it done because no one's gonna pay that much money. Now, is he worth that much money? Well, Kimbrell is definitely one of the best closers we've seen in recent memory. For the past he's a seven time All Star. World Series winner last year. But if I'm a team, I'm not paying it a hundred million dollars. I'd I'd pay maybe a two year about 20 million, 10 years. I mean not ten years. Ten million both years. I mean, that sounds pretty
1: logical for a closer. That's what I do. I mean, I'm just really frustrated because I think Kimbrel, you know, I, I talked about the five teams that he could sign with. And I just to have that much talent just sitting at home making phone calls right now, I, I just he he needs to be playing, I feel like. He needs to be playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, <laughs> You know, it, it just really is a pain because I think that, you know, Kimbrel deserves to be, I mean, th- with the season he had last year, arguably the best closer um, in all of baseball. And to be to not even be signed yet, to me, is just is just ridiculous. I mean, this, this, this is getting old. It really is. And I think Keichel, the whole thing with Keichel, I, I think this is getting old. I'm getting tired not of it. Not to
2: mention, there's so many teams that could use a closer that, haven't even looked his way. The only rumor I heard was that the Phillies were looking at him, and that was about it. And then and that never looking. happened.
0: The the only rumor I heard about Keuchel was the Mets. That was back in the fourteenth of April. That's a very long time ago now, about three weeks. That was the same with the Phillies. Is when I heard it. So. And there's just really been nothing. I think I think teams looking at it now as you haven't pitched in the game since last year.
1: No, yeah. no one's <laughs> going to sign. We're
0: going to have to put you down maybe for a couple rehab starts on A or Double A, whatever team you'll take. But it's more. If he was playing, I guess in a way somewhere, then you say, okay, you've been playing the games, we're gonna sign you. You've been playing the meaningful games. But if you're not, if you're just sitting down and not having game experience right now, it's kind of like a gamble. And I don't know if if I'm it's a gamble, t- gamble I, that some teams if should be team. If I'm a team that's, I guess if I'm a team that's struggling with bullpen issues, now I take him in a heartbeat. I mean, I'll, I'll pay the. Now I don't. I won't pay the outrageous five or hundred million, but I'll pay him something. Is he asking for too much money? You think that th- that's the problem? I mean, he does have Scott Boris as his as his uh, agent, so that alone gives you high
1: amounts of money. Is that just what he does? I just, I, for me, if I'm, I mean, if I'm either of these guys, and I heard somebody mentioning this the other day, I would be really, really upset at my agent if I'm being put through this. I really would because I, do that too. I mean, I would I, at the end of the day, my job is to play the game I love. I mean, I know the paycheck comes with it, and we all like that, but. Honestly, if I'm sitting at home right now, I'm really really upset and I'm really really getting down because I think that you know, you have all you have all this talent and you were, you know, glorified last year, you were loved last year, you were fantastic last year. You're arguably the greatest at what you did and you haven't even been looked at in the last, you know, week week and a half. People are hesitant to take you at this point. You're kind of like, you know, a little bit uneasy because it's like, okay, I haven't pitched in, you know, X amount of days. X amount of months. I'm not feeling great. I have to get a rehab start now in AAA. I'm upset right now if I'm either of these guys. And quite frankly, I'm upset at the league. And I am, as, as Mike Lee Mommy sitting over here, I'm very upset at the league for not taking a chance on either of these two because they have a tremendous amount of talent.
2: Before I make my point, I would just like to point out that now Michael and Patrick have referenced themselves in the third person throughout the course I of the did show. It, I did it as
1: a well, joke. No, I, mean, <laughs> I did it as a joke. No, I mean, I'm, ta- I'm not talking about, I mean, I'm talking about if I'm... Kimbrell Keichel and then as Michael Imami who's looking at this from you know a standpoint that's of observing of, what's going of on in the league. That's the third person. Myself. I had to no, I had to make that I had to make that um, you know statement because it, it's hard to you know choose between you know what I'm talking about
2: that anyways it's difficult to understand. My point is the point I was going to make is that you never want to be paid something that you don't feel like you're worth, but if you're Craig K right now or Dallas Keichel, I think you have to take some sort of one year prove it. Contract, and then next year, if you actually prove yourself that you can be a valuable part of the team, that's when you, you get the, um, that's when you get that, the big though. money. They already did that, though. They
1: already did that last season.
2: Well, you might have to do it again.
1: Kimbrel already proved it. He's the, the, the best closer out there last year. Why didn't he sign? He should. Because, I thought he was going to go before because spring he's training. Asked,
0: he's asked an outrageous amount of money. Scott Boris
1: has. Yeah, he gets a new agent.
0: Well, it's it's very hard to just leave your agent. I mean, that, that's part of the game. We if Kimbrel had
1: asked for, if Kimbrel had asked for fifty million. 40 million, I think it'd be on a roster right now. I'm I think sure, it would be.
0: He, he wants a long term deal, and teams are not willing to pay that amount of money for a long term deal. I'm not deal.
1: giving a closer that much money unless it's Mariano Rivera. And nobody is Mariano Rivera.
0: I mean, the only person I can think of like that is I'd give a long contract to Hoffman. And oh, Trevor the Hoffman. Is Chapman.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, Chapman, I'm hesitant on. Um, you know why. I'm not going to bring it up. Um, but if I were Trevor, you know, Trevor Hoffman, I'd definitely pay that kind of money and I would pay that kind of money to Mariano Rivera. Um, other than that, I'm not paying anybody a hundred million for that many years as a long term uh solution to anything. I think Kimball deserves, you know, three, four years, fifty million. That's my opinion.
0: And now we're gonna take a look at some teams
2: here. And then... Logan, your mariners are just bad. Eleven I'll just, nothing. I'll just play the sad song. I believe that was actually fourteen nothing. <laughs> fourteen was one score that with game. the Rangers. Oh, that's two games. Now? I believe twice. Oh, you mean? And I thought you were talking about the Cubs. Cubs. Eleven nothing. Oh,
1: it was eleven nothing. Because that's my pitcher of the week right there, Lester.
2: Spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> we'll we'll try to rebound. We're like three and seven in our last ten, but we will we will try to rebound. We need to find eight, eight our, of your starting
0: hitters are batting under two seventy.
2: Yeah, after that insane start, I feel like we. Now our fielding issues are being exposed. Malik Smith got called back down to AAA. We need to find some consistency in fielding, and we need to find some consistency in pitching because this and, is—
0: And coming up, you have, a, you have a series with the Indians
2: and the Red Sox, and I believe the Yankees coming up right after that. So you're going to be in a little bit of a problem. Yeah, we did beat the Red Sox in the opening series, but we're going to need to— the, it is Boston. The, well, not opening series. With the
0: drought but you've had, and not really drought, the little rut you've run, you've come into with three and 10, three and seven in the last ten games.
2: I mean, we started with the best record in the MLB, so I'm hopeful we can try and recapture some of that possible. magic. But I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of games left to play. We just need to take them one at a time. And one series I want to take a look at. A little, I'm not going to go into much in depth. It's because we got a little
0: heated about this last week. But Cubs and Cardinals are taking on each other for the control of the Central, and I think it'll be a very good series.
1: Yeah, I mean, you kind of see both teams are really hot right now. Uh, St. Louis 8-2 and two in their last 10. So Cubs 7-3. and three. Yeah, I get it. who's going to say that. Two
0: of the hottest teams in baseball right now. And I yeah. think it's sure going to be met up with for some fireworks.
1: I am loving it if I'm an NL Central fan because I just think that there's so much competition in this league. And I think that, you know, you look at St. Louis yesterday, the way they played Washington, they sat so many guys. They even sat Molina because they're like, you know what? Mike Schultz like, you know what, guys? I got to get ready for the next series. Just playing the Cubs it's going to be, you know, Friday Night Lights-esque kind of thing going on. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I always love playing you guys. You know, it's just the atmosphere is tremendous, Um, whether it be in St. Louis or Wrigley. um, I'll give you credit for that. I just enjoy it. I really do. It's a tremendous game. You know, so much history between both teams. I love watching it.
0: Now, time for our famous award ceremony. As we know, pitcher of the week, hitter of the week, and the team of the week. I'm going to head off first with the pitcher. I have Zach Greinke. And it's one of these things that's not even close. He just straight dominated. He went 2-0, 14 strikeouts, and an ERA of .61. He gave up one run
2: in 14.2 innings. That's just amazing. It is. It's a great stat line. For my pitcher of the week, I have Noah Syndergaard. He pitched a shutout and hit a home run in the same game, which is something that only seven other pitchers Had done.
0: And I believe the last one was 1983, and I think the pitcher was
2: Bob Welch, I believe. It was. Oh. Yeah. And it's something that has been done since 1983 and only been done seven times in the history of Major League Baseball, so props to Noah Syndergaard for that.
1: Okay, I was having a really tough time with this because I was trying to pick and choose to see if it was going to be Garrett Cole or John Lester, and ultimately I chose uh, Lester here. Um, Seven innings, one hit, eight strikeouts, one walk, 173 ERA. Um, Pitched very, very well against the Mariners. I know it's the Mariners. Sorry, Logan. Um, but <laughs> still, 11 nothing. I mean, that's that's some good starting, dominant starting pitching right there. And going seven innings, only allowing one hit is is pretty darn good in this league, I'll tell you.
0: Now, for my player of the week, it was very hard. because I, I looked at uh, a whole bunch of different players. I mean, Cody Bellinger has just been on a tear like we haven't seen ever, really. But I'm going to pick a, a guy from a team that's very rarely talked about. Max Kepler-
1: of the Minnesota Twins. Oh, the Twins have been having a fantastic run right now.
0: And we've seen revivals of Rizzo and Bellinger, but Max Cup were bad in the last seven days with, with a 4.09 average and tied with first and home runs of four.
2: That is just unbelievable. Yeah, and you mentioned Anthony Rizzo. Funnily enough, my, batter, my hitter of the week, Anthony Rizzo. Um, four runs, two home runs in five games. He's been... He's been great recently. Just he's he's been great. The Cubs, as a whole, found a revival in terms of hitting. Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo. I'm gonna surprise
1: you guys here. I'm gonna go with Harrison Bader. Um, I think that Bader had an incredible series against uh, the Nationals, and I think that you know I I know we shouldn't really be talking about his his defense because his hitting's been his hitting alone has been great, but he's made you know the I, I looked at a stat line. It's like he's made like these. They just measured of the greatness, quote, of his catches. And he's had like five of these this year, and he made another one against the Nationals. He's been hitting really well. He's got a home run in that series, a uh, double in that series. He's driven in a lot of RBIs. Uh, played Washington very, very well. He a lot of fun to watch. Uh, kudos to Harrison Bader, my hitter of the week.
0: And we're going to go to this pretty quickly here. Team of the week, and mine, it's going to— Coming from a Cubs fan, this is a lot of this is a huge accomplishment for me. Oh my goodness. I'm picking the St. Louis Cardinals. Wow. As my team of the weekend. I was a little tied in between either the Cubs or Cardinals, but the Cardinals deserve it more. Eight and two in their last in their last ten. Unbelievable. First place, best record in the National League. Second best, I believe, in in the entire MLB they just deserve it
2: yeah I no, no ifs or buts I wanted to choose the Cardinals but I decided to let Patrick take the reins on that one and I went with my second choice the Arizona Diamondbacks they're seven three in the last ten they swept the Pirates I mean it's the Pirates but they completed the sweep of the Pirates with a 12 to 4 win and 11 to 2 win in that series and they also got the 8-3 win over the Cubs so some great baseball being played by the downbacks. Okay. Um, I would have picked
1: the Cardinals, but the issue is, is they did play the nationals and the nationals have Rendon and Trey Turner hurt. Um, so they did, they did have a bit of a, you know, have a nice series there where they could kind of regroup and, and, get some win expected wins. My team of the week is going to be Minnesota, uh, seven and three the last time they shot right into first place. Um, they got a pretty dominant starting rotation, good hitting, um, and Nelson Cruz over there. I'm glad he's doing well. I remember Washington with Seattle. He's doing really well over there. Um, kudos to minnesota uh, i know everybody was saying it was pretty clear cut in the al central but um, minnesota is giving cleveland a run for their money all right and with that we're
0: off the break when we come back our signature segment the final word listen to hot corner on kcou 88.1 fm this is an important message from the u.s department of health and human services as the cleanup process begins after a natural disaster there may be areas of flooding Constantly watch your children to prevent playing in or around water. Get out of there. It doesn't take long, and it doesn't take much water for young children to drown. Why? In many cases, children who drowned had been out of sight less than five minutes and were in the care of one or both parents at the time. To learn more, call CDC at
2: 800-CDC-INFO. Well, you know you make
0: We're all tight on time, so I'm just going to go right into my story. As you know, I picked something I believe is a little funny, and I had some trouble picking I was picking some stories this week. I was scrolling through Google and spending a lot of time, but I came up with this one. If you've ever been to a baseball game, getting a foul ball hit to you is one of the rarest events that you'll see. I've never actually gotten one of the Cubs or in the past couple of weeks, I've gone to a few Royals games, haven't got one there either, or even at a White Sox game. But I have caught a foul ball at my local minor league team in the middle of a game. Now, we have seen fans do almost everything They get their hands in a ball. You've seen guys tackle over kids, which is kind of sad, but we've seen it. <laughs> but in the past week, one fan had a chance to grab not one, but two foul balls in one game. However, it did not go to the plan that he expected. The first one costed him his fries and would look to be chicken tenders. And oh, my goodness. He did get that one. He kind of fumbled around and did get it. But the second one costed him a pizza. Oh, wow. So combining that together, he probably went around, I about about $100 in food right there. <laughs> <laughs> but he did get one.
1: You're better off paying to get in the pregame, maybe paying somebody for, for a baseball. Just, just ask for one. I mean, that's what I would have done. If I'm wasting 100 something dollars on food, <laughs> I mean, it evens out. But
0: the food for the baseball,
1: I'd do it. Yeah, I mean, people, people are ruthless. You know, it's like it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I've seen some pretty crazy stuff happen um, to try and get at foul balls. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. It's like people lose their minds when they see a ball. But, oh, my God, here's our chance kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, it's just crazy. I love it. It's baseball. Um, my hero of the week, and I'm going to keep this really quick and really short because I think it should be obvious, is going to be president of the Washington Redskins, Bruce Allen. Give the guy credit uh, for doing what he did. I was I was, you know, saying a, I had a lot of negative things to say about him before going in the draft. All but exceeded, did everything he could, exceeded my expectations through the roof. Uh, very proud of him, very proud of that organization, the way they handled the draft. Good for him. Props.
2: My feel-good story this week comes to you from the great, region of northern Ohio. I don't have a city for this one. But northern Ohio. Around Toledo. Anyways, Dave Hall is a baseball coach for Pettysburg High School. And he faced what was quoted in the articles unfounded accusations from a disgruntled school board member in 2014-15. So they had a special board meeting, 70 in attendance. All of them were in support of of Dave Hall. But one of them was a little, little interesting. Mark Nell the baseball coach at Anthony Wayne was there and the thing about Pettysburg and Anthony Anthony Wayne is that they're rivals. So his rival coach was there supporting him and this will um today actually is Helen Knoll's 47th competition. they played 5 out of the 10 last district finals. they it, it was worded this way they're friends until game time, then they're focused on beating the other and the friendship resumes after the game. So a quote from both of them, they speak on the phone on a weekly basis and Dave Nell says, yeah, uh, Mark Nell, I'm sorry. He says, he always asks about my grandkids, uh, about my kids. I always ask about his kids and grandkids. He called me and congratulated me about my daughter getting a scholarship for baseball. And Hall says, since Nell's come into our league, I've had to work harder, and that's good. You need to keep working hard. It's intense. It's fun. It's frustrating. So always nice to see that rival coaches are actually great friends. It's a great story. It's always, I've
0: seen it back home. We'll see some of the coaches I had who will communicate with each other. In and out of games, it's one of the nicest
2: things to see in any sport. Yeah, you love to see it's, it. You, you love friendly rivalries, like you know they're focused on beating the other, but they're friends outside of the game.
1: Game of life is more important.
0: And with that, that is the end of another episode of the Hot Corner. Make sure to follow us on our social media page at Hot Corner Sports. You can follow yours truly at Patrick Harrion, Michael Omami, Eddie Mommy, Emami, Michael, and Logan at the Logan France. Also, make sure to check us on Spotify, Stitcher, and other podcast services under the name The Hot Corner. We hope you have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend, and we will see you next week, same place, same time. It's been Hot Corner, signing off.